Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have it, it will be on the screen. Paul, writing this letter to this church, says this. Don't forget, starting with verse 11, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be called outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. I mean, something to be proud of. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to leave that right there. I mean, whew, all right. And in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Man, just remembering back, man, without God, without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through what? Through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility. Say that with me, wall of hostility. This wall, this wall of hostility that separate us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. It was put to death, and it is being put to death. Come on. Some of y'all, y'all you had a flash of your neighbor right in your head. Like, mmm, the hostility has been put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So here we go. Um, Jews, Gentiles, far, near, circumcised, uncircumcised, these two groups of people. So there's the Jews, and then there is everyone else, all right? So, so, so the, the Jews, there's something special about them, and then there's the rest of humanity, which is referred to as Gentiles. It's kind of like in basketball. There's Michael Jordan, and then there's everyone else. It's not even debated, y'all. Come on, LeBron James. No. Come on. There is New York pizza, and then there's every other pizza. Nothing. You Southerners, you don't know pizza. Come on. And then there's some Southern fried chicken and every other chicken. Come on, y'all. There's Apple users (laughs) and everybody else. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Now I got you. 
we were literally sitting down, the board was meeting the other day, and we all pulled out our phones, and we realized the board is split half and half, half Apple, half Android. And I'm like, this is the problem with our church. <laughs> Jesus needs to unite us together in one body. It will be called Apple Droid or something. <laughs> Everything else. So it begs the question, what makes the Jews so special? Well, it, it shows us in Scripture, this is God's chosen people. Uh, he made a promise and a covenant with Abraham that, listen, Abraham, I'm going to build for you this nation. Out of you, this nation is going to come, and I'm going to use this nation to give testimony to the entire world of my goodness. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to set you apart. You're going to be separate, and you're going to give testimony to the world of just who I am and my goodness, my favor, my plan that I have for you. And so as we get into the scriptures, we see that this ball starts rolling with the Jews. And it starts with this promise to Abraham, and then it rolls really, really slow to begin with. Because then Abraham has Isaac, then Isaac has Jacob, and it's like it's going to take a really long time for this to become a nation. But then Jacob gets on it, and then there's 12 that become these 12 tribes. And all of a sudden, we begin to see this nation begin to form. And so there's this formation of this people group that's set apart and different from every other people on the planet. And it's, it's important to understand this because it happens because of the blessing of God and the favor of God and the plan of God on their lives. And as this people is coming together, this formation, the entire formation of this group is based on this promise and this hope. And so they're learning what it is to be this group of people to the rest of the world to showcase the glory of God. Now, here's the outworking. The outworking is there is a natural progression to being blessed. So we love this word blessed. We love, uh, we love some of the benefits of blessed because blessed in our mind brings about all types of ideas and thinking of, oh man, just uh, been blessed, doing good, oh, blessed, blessed, blessed. But there's a flip side to being blessed. See, being blessed, the very nature of it means you're also separated. It means it's different than something else. And so it's the very nature even of this people group. Listen, there's Jews and then there's everybody else. And so you would think, okay, there's the blessing of God on these people. He's going to show them as a showcase to the rest of the world. We're going to see the goodness of God. And you would think everyone would just flock to the Jews and be like, man, this is amazing. God is so good. Look at how he's blessing you. Look at his favor upon your life. But we read the scriptures, and that's not even close to what happens. As a matter of fact, fear rises up, hatred rises up, anger rises up, and we see the Egyptians enslaving them, bringing them into captivity. And it's not just the Egyptians. It's pretty much all of their history. There has never been a more hated people group on the planet than the Jews. Overcome time and time again, wars, the Romans, the Persians, the, uh, the Syrians, all of these wanting to attack the Jews over and over. And there's this re reality that God's saying, listen, no, but I've blessed you and I've called you out and I've called you to be separate. And there's a certain understanding that we have of this. And we understand why people could get angry and get upset because we've seen other people get blessed and then we've got angry when they got blessed. Come on. Well, how come I didn't get that? And so we kind of understand that from a worldly perspective. 
but it hurts even more when it happens on the inside. Or it hurts even more when it's your brothers and your sisters. It hurts even more when all of a sudden, hold on, we're blessed, we're set apart. God has done something great into my life, but my own family, my own brothers, my own sisters, they can't rejoice with me. Have you ever had these moments where God has done something incredible in your life and you didn't know who to celebrate with? Come on, that, that's a bad moment in your soul where something amazing has happened, but I'm not sure who I could call. Because I'm not sure, will they celebrate with me or are they just gonna be bitter towards me? Are they really my friend or can, can we celebrate, can we have this, or is it just gonna bring about this hostility because the favor wasn't poured out on them? Because, because I experienced something and, and I'm not sure because this blessing, the very nature of it brings about a separation, a separation. Uh, I talked to this one young girl not too long ago, and she was, man, I just want to be famous. I want to be TikTok famous. And I was like, no, you don't. You will never be able to just go out to eat again. You'll have cameras in your face for the rest of your life. Everything will be judged. Everything. Like, you do not want to be famous. You just think you want to be famous. Like you, you think you want that new car, and then you get the new car, and you realize, now I have to park at the very rear of the parking lot, and I have to walk for a mile because someone will ding my car. And then you get a really fancy car, and you take up two spots, and then everybody intentionally dings your car because you're a jerk. Come on. Like it, it's like there's something like you're trying to be blood, you're separated, but there's a price to pay. Um, even like, you know, hey, Coastal Church, we purchased this building. Like, it's amazing. We're going to do amazing things. You would think everyone would be happy. No. What is that church doing? Oh, they could have done something so much better with that money. They could have taken that money and they could have, they could have like, given it to the poor. You know who else said that? Judas. Every time I hear someone say something like that. And, and, and here's this idea even with blessed. Like, and, and let's be real. Honest. Can we just be honest in church today? There's the blessing, but then we have like, we have to be just enough blessed, right? There's blessing with limits. So like we look at Jesus and we're like, okay, Jesus rode into town on the donkey. We get that. Humble, yeah. But then somebody breaks some expensive perfume on his feet and all of a sudden, no, 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 no. That's wasteful. See, we want you blessed, but not too blessed. Come on, we see, we, we see people driving down the road. We make these judgments. Oh, well, no, they, they should have bought a cheaper car. Do you know a Chevy costs more than a BMW right now? It's like, what? And, but we'll make these judgments, right? Because the very nature, though, of this blessing breeds this separation. And so we got to be careful because the scriptures tell us right here because of this blessing, because of this separation, what does it do? There is a wall of hostility. The favor of God on your life will bring about a wall of hostility. Everybody ain't going to be happy for you. The favor of God will all of a sudden, wait, whoa, that's, that's, that's too blessed. Whoa, the Jews are getting, there's too many in number. Let's enslave them because otherwise they could rise up and take us over. And, and, and we're doing the same thing Today, in all of this hostility, all of this frustration, all of this anger, black and white and this denomination and that denomination, and you don't believe exactly the way I believe, and so we just fight. And she said, no, I came to break down this wall 
of hostility. Um, I'm reminded of a story. This young minister uh, was getting ready to start his ministry, and he found this very well-known pastor. And he's just, man, I just want to spend some time with him, talk to him about everything I think God's going to do. So he gets alone with him and starts telling him the vision, the hope. We believe God's going to do this, and he's going to do this in our town, just sharing all this wonderful, amazing, just huge vision that he has for the church and what he's hoping God's going to do. And to that well-seasoned pastor that he's just looked up to forever, uh, turns to him and just begins to slam him. It's never going to work. No, no, you're, you're not the right guy. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And, just, and the, the young, young minister just, no, I'm just, just getting frustrated and frustrated and frustrated. Finally, just kind of leaves, walks out, and the, the older pastor just lets him walk out. A few weeks later, he comes back. He just can't shake it. He says, listen, you've got to understand. You're my hero. Why, why would you say these things to me? Like, uh, just, why not be for me, believing that God's going to do something good? And that old pastor looked at him and said this. The reason why I did what I did is because you have a great vision. And every great vision comes with a target on it. And if you can't handle the criticism now, you're not going to be able to handle the criticism later. If you can't handle me who loves you saying some of these things now, you're not going to be able to handle it later. See, we want the blessing, but the, the natural outworking of the blessing is it puts a target on us. There's a famous, uh, John's going to pop it on the screen, there's a famous piece of art I call this art that's done. Uh, <laughs> bummer birthmark, Hal. That's what it's kind of like to be a Jew. That's what it's like to be a Christian. That's what it's like to be a follower of Christ. You are blessed. You are set apart. You are different. But it put a mark on you. It put a mark on you. This wall of hostility. Jews were looked down on by the Gentiles, and Gentiles hated the Jews. Or Jews looked down on the Gentiles, and Gentiles hated the Jews. And this is thousands of years of history. And we fast forward to today and in our culture. And what we experienced for the most part in the 20th century was this underlying undercurrent of Christendom in which said, uh, Churches and pastors, for the most part, had a level of respect and standard in society in which even if you were a non-believer or um, atheist, whatever, completely different religion, there was still an undercurrent of like a certain amount of respect for the Christian faith, which no longer exists. And things have changed. Uh, and the reason it changes is because it's not that it wasn't there. It was just underground the whole time. It was like a volcano slowly bubbling to the surface because there was this inward hostility. See, you, you have this look where it looks okay on the outside, but there's something happening on the inside. I'm telling you, and whatever's happening on the inside, it's only a matter of time before it makes it to the outside. And so even within the church, you had a lot of Christians that were kind of looking the part and just playing the Christendom role. In other words, we just do this to blend into society. But no longer do we live in a world in which you can be a Christian and just blend into society. And that's a good thing. That's, that's, that's the way it's exactly. You're not supposed to. And so as the hostility builds, as the wall grows bigger, man, it's actually a breeding ground for God to do some amazing things. He works the best in these situations. He steps in himself. There's this reality that you are in this world, but not of this world. We're in this world, but not of this world. You are made from the same chemical composition of that dirt 
outside, but you are not dirt. As a matter of fact, there was no life in you until God breathed that life into Adam's lungs. And, oh, now there's spirits. As a matter of fact, this body wasting away to be absent with this body is to be present with the Lord. And so, ah, oh, there's more to you than just this flesh. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. There's a separation, and there's a line that's being drawn that's becoming even more and more clear. And back then, it was this idea of Jew and Gentile, but Jesus came and stepped in and did away with all that. Ah, we're forming a whole new group of people. And this group of people still has the exact same purpose, to show forth my glory to the rest of the world. But it's not going to be done because of circumcision or not circumcision. It's going to be done because this is my plan and how I choose to do it, and everything being reconciled to Christ in himself from his work on the cross. And so now we have Jews and Gentiles, black and white, worshiping together. Young, old, slave, free, all of us coming together in this beautiful picture, the walls of hostility being broken down. Because you have two options when it comes to the blessing. Option number one, wall of hostility. Option number one, I'm just I'm upset and I'm angry. It didn't happen to me. And all of this, an outworking of our sinful nature. Or option B, the nature of peace in which Christ brings to us and his work. Because this is the outworking of all of Scripture. If you look at Genesis 1, there's actually three things in Genesis 1 that God blesses. He blesses the animals. He blesses man. He blesses humanity. And then he blesses a day. And each time he blesses one of those things, there's a clear separation. So, so the animals are not like the trees. Man is not like the animals. And this day is not like the other six. And so you've got to understand, as I bless these things, there is a separation in these things. There has to, they have to be treated differently. They have to be looked at differently because this is the very nature. And all of this happens before sin enters the world. So you have this outworking, there's a blessing, there's a separation, and then there's a peace. It all works together. The birds aren't mad at the fish because they can't swim. The fish aren't mad at the birds because they can't fly. Adam ain't mad at the animals. The animals ain't mad at Adam because, man, you just named me a hippopotamus. What kind of name is that? (laughs) No, no, no. There's no wall of hostility. But then sin enters the picture, and we have a new We have, oh, now there's a blessing of a people group to the Jews who's going to be different. There's a separation from all of these things. But instead of the outworking of peace, we have this wall of hostility. And to which Jesus says, the only answer to this is my blood. Reconciled to himself, in himself, through the work on the cross. And this is the the key piece of all of this coming together. And uh, the Apostle Paul says this is a new formation of a new people group becoming one, Jews and Gentiles. And I love how he uses these words, far and near, far and near. All of these people, and this is what the culture, this is society, this is the outworking that we live in today, a group of people working out our salvation together. It is a process among each other, outsiders becoming insiders. Insiders realizing, oh, no, 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 there's certain things that I just did that only affected the outside, and it didn't affect my heart. And God's got to deal with that, too. 
So there's this question about how, how do we live into this of Gentiles becoming insiders, insiders learning. Like, no, I wasn't as close as I thought I was. Jesus tells this story about these two brothers. It's actually the most famous story in all of human history, the prodigal son. It's been told over and over and over. You could preach this a thousand times, and at each time there's a new sermon. Because it's such a beautiful story, because it relates on so many levels. But what's interesting, when Jesus tells the story, he tells of one far and one near. And we make assumptions in ourselves sometimes. Sometimes I think we think we're near when we're really far. And sometimes we think we're far when we're really near. See, in the, in the story, the, there's this older brother. And this older brother, he spends his days out in the field, day in and day out, working and working uh, for the father and, <clears throat> and doing everything. But he's far away and doesn't even realize it. You see, he, he lives on the same property, but he can't enter the party. See, see the, 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 he can't even celebrate when the younger brother come home. The young, younger brother, this is his brother, and to which God is bringing him back, and I can't even celebrate with the rest of the crew. I, 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 you, come on, I show up on Sundays, but I'm not really here. I heard the music, but I didn't really worship. It looks like I'm near. I might be circumcised in this flesh, but my heart could be far away. I, I know all of the scriptures. I can, I can hit you with 50 scriptures that, that I've memorized. I tell you exactly where they are, but I don't know how to wipe the feet of Peter, let alone Judas. See, I've grown up in this system, and, and, and I know all the right words. I know all the right lingo. People look up to me. I'm a leader. But my heart, I've never really entered the party. I've always sat in the back and wondered, where's my cow? Do you know what this other son did? Do you know what these Gentiles do? Do you know what they did in that other life? I can't believe you would welcome them back, Father. God, I can't believe that you would bless that person. I'm the one out here working this field. I'm the one close. Are you? Then there's this younger brother. And this younger brother, he knows he's messed up. He knows that he's, man, I'm far away. I, I, I've done all of these things. I, I took this, this inheritance, uh, the equivalent of wishing my father was dead at that time so I could have just this money, this stuff, so I could go and spend it on wild living and party it up at the club and prostitutes and the entire life that I wanted. And all of the things that I thought would bring me fulfillment ultimately left me empty. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You work for 30 years to get that Corvette, and it's sitting in the driveway, and you're like, I'm still empty. You worked, and you worked, and you got the thing. You did the thing. You got the promotion. You got the title. You got the respect. <sighs> See, here's the thing about the younger son. 
Here's why I think that we forget. He knows his sin, but he's forgotten his sonship. He's forgotten who he is. And the reason why I know he's forgotten who he is, because the Bible tells us his whole way home, he tells himself a story. And that story is, I'm not good enough. I'll just be a, I'll just be a slave in the Father's house. I, I don't know, I'll do anything just to, just to get back. And he's forgot who he is. Everything he thought, still this emptiness. And here's the thing, he can't quote 50 verses. He don't know when's the right time to raise my hands, when's the right time not to raise. Do I say amen here? Do I say amen there? I, I, don't, I don't know. Do, am, I, am I even welcome back in this place? But here's the thing, he's heading home anyway. He's heading home anyway. Because here's one thing he did get right. Through all of it, he knew dad loves me. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done. Dad loves you. And while, while you need some, some things fixed up, he'll get to all that. He'll do the work. It ain't my job to do the work. It ain't your job to fix your spouse. Come on, somebody. You can't even fix you. Why are you trying to change them? Let Jesus do the work. I guarantee you, he does a way better job than we would do. Because if we would just do the work, and the, we would just reproduce more Pharisees. We would produce more in our kind, and if we know our kind, our kind is full of selfishness and bitterness and just me, 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 me. Now let's let God do the work. He recognized this love for the Father, and the odds are maybe you're in this room today, and you can identify with one of these, or maybe in your life, both of these brothers, and you struggle. Maybe you're the younger brother, and you're struggling with this identity because Man, how could the Father love me, all these things I've done? Or maybe you're the other brother and you're struggling with welcoming people in that you think don't belong, that you think they belong somewhere else or something else, or do you know? Here's the, here's the thing. Both of these young men, they suffer from the same problem. They're both lost. And not only are they both lost, they both lost their peace. And they've replaced it. There's this, there's this wall. There's, a, there's this peace that God's saying, no, 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 I'm going to come and I'm going to provide it for you. How am I going to do it? Through, through myself bringing peace. In a place where there was utter hopeless, not knowing God, not knowing thing, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring peace with the unfailing love of the Father. Both knowing, listen, we're made in his image, in his likeness, the Father's love for us. So how do we live this way? How do we live with this information, this knowing, this, this foundation, this formation that's taking place in the body of Christ all around the world, Jews and Gentiles coming together? Paul gives us a couple things. First thing, understand this. He says, remember, remember, you are blessed and you are, you are separated, and re remember this, you are utterly hopeless without Christ. Utterly hopeless without Christ. Not only do you need to, to, to remember this, remember that God has blessed you, understanding that this blessing will take apart, that will bring about a certain, a certain separation, but it's just not enough to be blessed. It's not just enough to be separated. You are separated not just from something, you are separated for something. 
And if you don't get that last piece of the puzzle, you will live your life frustrated and confused. You will live your life like, God, God, why is this? Why is that? Why is that? And you'll have no understanding, Mike, because you were created with purpose. It'll kind of be like that moment where you're standing in the Charlotte airport. I know where I'm at, but I don't know where I'm supposed to go because this place is crazy. Have you felt that? Have you come to church and you felt that? I know I'm in the right place, but I'm not supposed, I don't, when I leave this place, where do we go from here? Because there's purpose that God has put. See, to be, to be separated isn't enough. To just, to, to identify with the things that we separate from is not enough. It's not enough for people to know just what you're against. They need to know what you're for. See, see this whole idea of, uh, of prayer and fasting, you know, you know what you call fasting without prayer? Starving. It's not enough to just separate and not do something. No, I'm, I'm separated for this person. I'm, I'm separated to this to get closer to God, to pray and, and to ignite this relationship. It's not enough. See, we live in this generation where everyone's like, wants to know what we're against and we're not, we're, not, we're, we're not that and we're not that. As a matter of fact, there's been this rise of what's called the rise of the nuns. And it's actually the, the, the fastest growing amongst young people right now in America. And the rise of the nuns, what that means is people associate with no religion. See, I, I'm not an atheist, I'm not an agnostic, but I, I'm not a Christian, and I'm not, I'm not a, uh, anything else, any of these other religions. So I, I, I just know I can't identify with any of those things, and so just call me nun. Because I, I just know I'm not that. It's actually happening the exact same thing in the political world. You can't call me Republican. You can't call me Democrat. Oh, I, I, I'm just unaffiliated. Why? Because there's Republicans that have problems with Republicans, and there are Democrats that have problems with Democrats. And all these things, you say, like, but I'm not that. And so, but there's this, all of a sudden, like, this blur, there's this gray, and we're just trying to understand. But here's what the thing is, like, you can't label me in this one thing. You need to know what you're for. Let me put it another way. It's not enough for a bird to say, I just don't swim. No, no, birds were meant to fly. It's the same thing with your life. God has created you for a purpose, not just to stand against these things, not just to be blessed and separated, no, but for these things. Tell you, no, no, this is what we do. This is what we believe. This is why we believe what we believe. This is what we're doing with the blessing because we want to give testimony to the goodness and the greatest greatness of God so that the whole world may see. It's a completely different way of living. Separation in and of itself is not enough. You were made for purpose, and that purpose is to follow him. And I'm telling you, Jesus will lead you into some places you don't want to go. Around some people you don't want to be around. Who thinks some things that you don't think that way. You don't believe that way. Light shines best in the darkness. To go and be light. Man, but we kind of love just kind of treating our lives like fine china, right? You know fine china. You put it in the, what's that thing called, a hutch? A hutch. And you just look at it. Doesn't it look good on Sunday mornings? Doesn't their life look good on the outside? They got it all together. It's meant to be eaten off of. It's meant to be used. 
It's not meant, we have churches all over Europe that are turned into museums. That's not the purpose of the church. And if we're not careful, we're heading down that same road here in America. No, 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 because it's not enough just to be separated from something, it's to be separated to something. Jews and Gentiles coming together, far and near, coming reconciled, coming to realize, listen, we serve a God who gets off of the front porch and while you were still far off, came running to you and took and put a robe on your back and put a ring on your finger. Said, Come on, kill the fatted calf. Not only do we serve that God, but we also serve the God who leaves that party and walks out of the tent and walks to the older brother who might be sitting in this room today and says, won't you please come in too? Won't you come? You're my son too. Come on, Pharisee. Come on, Sadducees. Come on. I, I know you think you're near, but you've yet to enter the party. You've heard the music, but you've yet to worship. You know all the right lingo, but you've yet to let it affect your heart. The world thinks you're just circumcised in the flesh, but I want to circumcise your heart. And I want to reconcile all of this together into the formation of this new nation, this new people group, whose, whose pride isn't in the fact that you're Jew or you're Gentile or you're this or you're that. Your whole identity is in the formation of who your father is. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Worship team, come on. We are all of the same family. And the scriptures say, listen, our hostility towards each other was put to death. Why do we keep resurrecting it? The veil was torn, and we try and sew it back up. We try and sew it back up with all these laws and regulations that you couldn't follow anyway. You couldn't even be the person that you think you are. Come on. Be the person that your dog thinks you are. Come on. I didn't come up with that. I heard that somewhere before. I can't take credit for that. It was on a t-shirt or something. I was like, that's good. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Man, the only way you're going to do it is with Jesus. The only way you're going to do it is with Jesus. Is there hostility in your soul or is there peace? Have we been a people that has desired the blessing without the separation? Or have we separated, but we've yet to start moving into the area in which God has separated us for and to? I just want to take a moment, just close your eyes. Just right now, it's just you and Jesus. Lord, beyond the sermon, beyond a Sunday morning routine, beyond our expectations of what we think should happen next. Holy Spirit, we remember. We remember <laughs> that there was once a time where many of us were far from you and we lived in this world without hope. 
I just pray the spirit of repentance fall on us. For some of us, for being a people that have thought that we were the insiders. We begin to judge people on the outside. We begin to deem certain people groups, certain classifications as unworthy. Pointing our finger at younger brothers. Lord, we repent. And we remember all that you have is ours and we can have a party anytime. So help us to enter in. Help us to return to the joy of our salvation. The joy of knowing that the walls of hostility have been broken down and I am loved. If you're in the room today and you don't know him, may today be the day of your salvation. The father's he's running down the dusty road or he's coming out the tent either way he's coming for you today and if that's you and you're in the room and you know you just need to surrender to him I'm going to ask you to just put your hand real high in the air and I just want to lead you in a prayer of repentance and dependence on Jesus Christ is there anybody in the room today I don't want to miss any hands put it up keep it up real high believe everyone knows you. Lord, if there is someone that's still on the fence, continue to to pour out your love. Continue to draw them in. Use us, Lord Jesus, to be a people that gives testimony to the world of just your goodness. Church, let's take a few minutes. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.